as this is the first interview I'm bringing you, and it is with an awesome, incredible guy that I've admired for a long time because he's always trying to, like myself, spread that positivity and show students the way. Uh, this is a great interview with the PA uh, Omar Abdul Malik, so check it out, enjoy it. If you do and you want more interviews, then let me know by leaving a review for this podcast, and I will do more interviews for you guys. Uh, and as always, if you leave a review, you're entered to win a free course because I feature your guys' reviews. This week's featured review comes from Dr. Smith in a few years with a smiley face. So a featured Dr. Smith coming at us. It is titled Motivational. Dr. Pinton has classes that guide you along the process to get into the best med school for you. He understands that each student is a unique individual. He has worked with enough students to understand the patterns students tend to be stuck in. He also offers coaching. Best investment ever. I was happy to see the podcast. I listen while in the car. He motivates people to believe in themselves. He is honest. He tells you what you need to fix and how to do it. No excuses. Just dominate. You can do anything if you are willing to work hard. And that review is so true, guys. If you are willing to work hard, guys, I can show you the way I can get you there, but you got to put that work in. We can all be successful, but it requires work. Nothing worth having comes without effort. So thank you very much, Dr. Smith, in a few years for your review. You have won a free course. All right, you guys ready for some show? Let's get to the show. This is an amazing interview with Omar Abdul Malik. Let's go. What is up, guys? <laughs> yes, Sally, I'm killing it with lives today. I'm going to flood you guys with live streams. Uh, this is totally unplanned, which is why I have these goofy-looking uh, headphones I have on. Uh, these are my workout headphones because I'm not one of the people who likes things in my ears, so I have to have this over the ears. But today, very exciting. So we did our live stream earlier. If you guys weren't on here, an hour going to live stream. And uh, a man that I admire and have been following for a long time, Omar Abdul Malik, happened to come on and comment. And we've been talking for forever about how we're going to get together, do an interview, and kind of bridge talking about diversity in healthcare and talking about PA and, and med school and pre-med and all the whole things. We've been talking about this for so long. And so finally, I was like, listen, let's just do it right now. Because if we don't do it right now, we're never going to do it. We're busy people. So we literally whipped this together in the last 30 minutes. I've never done this before. We're going to do a live interview right now, guys. So this might go horribly awful. I might mess up some tech. You guys know I'm not tech savvy. Or it might go great. In which case, if it does go great, let me know you guys are liking this stuff. And we can do more of this. Ask questions, guys. Right? He's volunteering his time. He's on the East Coast. Uh, he's he's uh, with his family right now. He's taking time away from them to be here with you guys. So if you guys have questions about PA versus med school, we're going to talk diversity in medicine. We're going to talk about so many great things. Um, so get excited. Everyone give him a warm welcome. Um, Omar Abdul Malik, we're going to hit the intro and then we're going to bring it right in. So let's go, guys. Let's go. But stop making excuses. Stop whining. Stop, right? Get at it. No excuses. Just dominate. All right, so and I will announce any questions that come from the box okay. here. Go ahead. All right. Omar Abdul Malik. I'm a uh, physician assistant. I've been a medically licensed physician assistant for 20, uh, 20 years, and I also hold a doctorate in health education. So I tell you a bit about my academic background. Um, I got a bachelor's of biology from the University of District of Columbia, all the way back in '94. Uh, I'll save you the math. I'm, I'm 51. Soon to be 52. Uh, uh, I did not get into med school, but I got accepted to grad school. I went on to work for a biotech company. I'm still kind of sort of getting in, trying to go for a pre-med, but did not really feel that that was the track for me. I learned about this career called physician assistant, 
I did not know what that was until somebody told me. And I said, why would you go to college to become somebody's assistant? I thought it was ridiculous. But then on the front page, there was, on the front page of the Washington Post, there was an article about um, the position assistant profession and how great it was. And I really felt that it, it, it fit my lifestyle what i wanted out of life well don't jump ahead and give them yeah. everything let's okay. let's right. talk about it right, right. so yes. everyone say right. welcome everyone say hello i saw an assalamu alaikum in the box yeah. okay Salaam so yeah. let's talk about it so uh <laughs> only i can see your comments so i'm going to be reading oh, off okay, comments okay. Okay. Um, yeah like i said we've never done this before so <laughs> yes this I'm is learning. It's entirely new here we're working on yeah. here <laughs> yeah. um so it's very very important so uh one of the things that I'm always trying to talk to you guys about is positivity and the possibility of what you can be if you strive to really, really push your potential. And so in our discussions, Omar and I, we've been talking about like his pathway to becoming a PA and the fact that he was a pre-med early on. So I guess the place to start is, is why were you pre-med to start? So what attracted you to pre-med? What made you think that that was the right path for you? Why were you thinking medical school when you first got started uh, with college? Okay. All right, so I had no clue of what I wanted to do. Um, coming, you know, probably within my high school, um, I went to an overcrowded uh, public high school where we had 50 kids in a class. I was, it was a struggling um, county. We were actually one of the, one of the bottom <laughs> 10 <laughs> in, in the state of Maryland. I was the only one in my group, my homeroom group, that wanted to go to college. So I was like a big deal. I, I still really didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I I didn't know anything about the SATs or anything. So I was just kind of like all over the place. I heard lawyers made a lot of money. So I thought, well, maybe I'll do law school or something. Didn't know what that entailed. Um, my my brother and I actually were having some, some social issues in high school. So my parents worked really hard and they learned about this thing called prep school. Um, we were pretty good wrestlers, so we got into um, into prep school, uh, St. Stephen's School for Boys, and it was a paradigm shift. And um, these kids were like, it's not a question of are you going to college, it's where are you going? So then I was like, whoa, these guys are like ballers academically. So um, I I had to do a senior project to graduate. I had an uncle who happened to be a mortician. And he did, um, he did autopsies. So he invited me to come to New York to um, watch him do autopsies. And I had never seen anything like that. I don't know. You're an old guy like me. So you probably remember this movie called um, Faces of Death. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So in Faces of Death, for those of you, those of you youngsters, Faces <laughs> it's an old of school Death. Reference. Yeah. I reference 90s yeah. movies. We were like, what? So Faces of Death yeah, is yeah. a little bit before a lot of yeah, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so they did something called an autopsy where you basically skin a corpse and cut it all up and, and, you know, find out why the person died. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Um, so I was like, wow, okay, what do I have to do to do this? Um, I thought you had to go to medical school to do that. And I just, I just didn't know any better. I didn't know any other path. I knew my mother was a nurse. So I was like, well, I don't really want to be a nurse. So medical school had no clue of what that entailed. And that's, I think that's, um, Dr. Ponsett, I, I think that's the importance of what you're doing. You talked about that. Just having a mentor of saying, like, look, 
this is what it means to be a pre-med student. So I said, well, I guess I'll call myself a pre-med student and do whatever it takes to go to medical school, not knowing what classes I had to take. I didn't even know what an MCAT was. So I was just kind of, seriously, I mean, that's that's what I was well, doing. Was how many of you guys, so let's talk about this, because I think you brought up some yeah. points of coming from yeah. kind of a, a, a disadvantaged high school, got 50 students in the class where it is normal, right? It is abnormal to go to college. It's normal to expect you're not going to go to college. And then going and having a prep school experience where people are like, no, you have to go to college. That's that's the norm. Just that change, how did that affect your perspective? Right, Because you didn't know about the SAT, you didn't know all these things. But one thing that we were talking about, right, is this perspective of people who you feel like you can't do something because you're from a certain place, you're from a certain area, from a certain background. You only see what you see, right? So do you think that going to that prep school really changed the trajectory of your life because it opened your eyes to the fact that, you know what? What these guys are ballers, but what is separating me from them? Why can't I go to college? So, how important yeah. was that? And what would you say to students who are out here who are watching this, who are either in high schools or in colleges or community colleges in areas where they aren't expected to succeed, where the expectations are low, and trying to find their place to say, "Am I good enough? Am I an imposter?" How was that experience for you? And what would you say to them? Yeah, I, I'd say, guys, and, and if I may, especially to you, you young brothers. <laughs> You have to create your own peer group. Um, you know, you, so for instance, I didn't know really what the SAT was. So I just took, I don't know, we took the SAT, you go to a gym one week and you take it. Um, so nobody studied for it. When I went to uh, prep school, uh, this is a funny thing. So I think back then, um, 1600 was the highest you could get. I got a 670. And this kid, when I was in prep school, he said, um, well, that's pretty good. What part was that on? <laughs> yeah. <see? laughs> I was like, I was like, no, that, that was the whole thing. Said, no, dude, seriously. Like, was that the math part or the verbal part? What are you talking about? His name was Chung Oh. <laughs> for free. He says, it's like, dude, are, are you serious? I was like, yeah. That's my whole score. 670. And, and wow. Like, so he he goes around telling everybody, dude, Omar got a 670. And they were like, oh, that's pretty good. What part was that on? It's like, it's like, so, so I, didn't, I didn't even, I was so clueless. I didn't even know to be embarrassed by my score. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, You're too, too uninformed yeah. to know you should be. Like, yeah, yeah, 670. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it was, I was like, well, what does that mean? Is that good? Is that bad? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. So, um. And this is this is the importance of your peer group. And just like brothers, when we push, like you were saying, you're a big guy, so people expected you to be a good athlete. I was a good athlete, so they're always like, "Hey, throw this ball or whatever." We're merciless to each other when it comes to sports. But if you just pass your classes, then you're doing, yeah, me did good, man, passed. He passed. So I knew a lot of guys that were like that. But when I went to the prep school, it was like. No, I I talked to kids. They're like, dude, dude. I took that test with a hangover. I got like a thirteen hundred. I don't care, man. It's kind of crappy, but I just want to go to Carnegie Mellon, so yeah. I'll be happy. So these, it was a whole different level. It was a very elite yeah. level. Um, and these were, you know, the prep school where I went to. You know, we were in the interscholastic athletic, so. 
So uh, Sidwell friends, um, those that's where uh, Chelsea Clinton and Barack Obama's daughters went. We would compete against them, the kids from Gonzaga. You know, what school had the highest SAT score? You know, so it was a whole different level. So I started really studying um, and I didn't want that that ridicule where, you know, when guys and brothers would be making fun of me if I if I was articulate or answered questions in yeah. class back in public school, you know, if you didn't know stuff in prep school, if you're if you had subpar scores, subpar grades, like, dude, you're never going to get in college. You're going to have to go to a state school. <gasps> yeah. So it was a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so Abby Shine commented, said, this is still a relevant, uh, relevant issue in urban communities, though sad. Yeah. So the question yeah. becomes, right, you talk about forming this peer group. And I think something that you mentioned to kind of bring it together is you were talking about how you had sh this environmental shift of what was expected of you and how it was difficult being that right? you were getting this pushback and you were getting teased yeah. for not knowing this stuff. A lot of students struggle with that in the sense that when people, when they feel like, you know what, I'm not capable, I'm not stepping up, I don't have the advantages these students have, they shrink. And it sounds yeah. like you said, no, I'm going to rise this occasion. Yeah. So yeah. how did you do that? And then the question kind of off of Abby's comment is, how can we make it so that other students of color can rise to the occasion? So what is the so solution in your mind about forming peer groups? How can students go about buffering themselves from feeling like an imposter, feeling like an outsider, feeling like they're not good enough. Yeah. At some point guys, I, and I did a, I did a video about this on my own channel. I, it, it's, it's a lonely existence in the beginning. I mean, and Andrea, I, I don't know what your experience has been. That, that's, that's the fact of the matter in, in the, in the beginning, you're going to, if you're articulate and for those of you guys, you know, who've been through this, know how the feeling is you talk white, you act white, or who you try to be. If you're a girl, you're articulate, oh, Miss Prissy, you're a wannabe. It's a lonely existence, and you have to see. That's why I, you know, when I'm in, I work in the hood. <laughs> I mean, the, the, um, uh, I'm here in Washington, D.C. I work in an inner city hospital. So I walk the streets in my, in my, um, my suit, and my, uh, my lab coat, my stethoscope. Just letting young brothers see see me and like, oh hey, what's up? What's up, Doc? Yo, what's up, man? You have to seek out those role models if they're not there. And we've got social media there. So people like like you, Dr. Ponset, and me. Um, I would I would kind of make I'd get them from uh television, like back in the day, uh, Dr. McCoy or, or Mr. Spock. You know, well, yeah, just trying yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Sidney Poitier uh, played a, a, a doctor and a couple and a medical examiner in a couple of movies. So I liked the way he carried himself. He had this blazer. He's very articulate. And he really knew this stuff. So you just have to embrace that fear. People are going to ridicule you. Um, I, I went to counseling once, uh, a counselor uh, when I was in public high school. The kids were making fun of me so much about the way I spoke yeah. and stuff. Um, you, you just, you gotta be brave and, you know, we got a bullying epidemic. I'm 51, man. People bullying people for decades yeah. before this epidemic came. <laughs> In some cases you have to learn to 
throw hands. Right. Now, now no one throws hands. People are too litigious. Right. But right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> back but, in our day, right? You had to throw yeah. some hands. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but you um you just you gotta be brave, guys. And, and you have to see you have to say, okay, where do I wanna be? No know this know that time goes by extremely fast. So when you're in high school, it seems like that's forever. You're like, oh God, those kids are making fun of me and the classes are hard. Ah. That goes by like that. Then you get into college. Yeah, you're a freshman all over again. And you're like, oh God, yeah, I'm a freshman all over again. The class is so hard. That time goes by like that. So any type of of hardship that you're going through goes by very quickly. So if you're if you're searching for people, um, to be your peer group, if, if, if I'm kind of answering this question in a roundabout way, um, know that they're not always going to be there, but you got to kind of create your own standards. Um, Audrey, you and I talked about this. I, I, I got, so I got four degrees. I got two bachelors, a master's and a doctor. Two of those degrees are from HBCUs. And I will tell you at the HBCUs, the harder my classes got. I had you crack it up. I said, the harder my classes got, the less brothers there were. Yeah. And some like histology at UDC, I was the only black guy. Biochemistry, I was the only black guy. Yeah. <laughs> Organic <laughs> chemistry, I was one of two black guys. This is at HBCUs. Yeah. And Howard, I went to Howard uh, for, for one of my degrees. You know, and, and I was a professor also. By the time I got through teaching, my fourth year of teaching, there were like two or three black guys in the PA program yeah um so sometimes that peer group just isn't there and and you have to be i think there's a song that i stand alone you know you're gonna have to do that and it takes extreme guts and and, and i'll be very frank with you most people have convinced themselves that they can't do it so they just they give up they give up yeah yeah. No, I think that's so spot on. Is is is, and it's an important point for everybody. I think people think, oh, I need a community to succeed. And yes, you should seek out community, but recognize the top is lonely, right? For a reason, they say that, right? As you continue to ascend in your education, as you move through the ranks, whether it's even an undergrad, move to your higher division classes, you're going to look around, and you're going to see students who aren't your necessarily don't look the same as you. Maybe they don't talk the same as you. And what you have to get very comfortable doing is walking alone. And we were even talking earlier briefly about social media and, and what it is to start a YouTube channel and to be out here and trying to spread what is important to you and what is true to you and what is your message. And it's hard sometimes, right? Like I always tell you guys, I'm like, you guys don't want to hear what I have to say, really. <laughs> like It's hard to speak the truth sometimes and it's hard to speak your own truth. And what you guys have to recognize is that students, you're living your own life. You're doing your own thing. You have your own dreams. And if you're so concerned about other people and you need other people to pick you up, you're never going to make it because it is a lonely, lonely world out there. You can see both of us like to sing. I guess singing is important yeah. to be successful. You must break into song every so often just to keep your life moving. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I want to just take a second and break for a second here. Omar Bill Malik is doing a phenomenal job on here. This is a live interview, guys. Right now, no, no preparation, no questions <laughs> talked about in advance. So I literally want everyone to take a second, comment in the box, let him know you appreciate him doing this and being here. 
Bring your questions to the box. I see all your questions. I'll be putting them up on the screen. Um, and I know I said this video is titled PA, and we are going to talk a lot about PA, but I think it's also important when you have two healthcare providers, two doctors of color on your screen to talk about that, right? I've always said to you guys, I am a black male physician first and foremost, and it's important that we have these voices speaking to this population because we are an unacknowledged group right? We, they, they don't see us the same. And so I want to make sure that we're taking the time to address this while we have, right? What, what are the odds you see two doctors of color in one interview? It's crazy, <laughs> right? So it's very, very important that you guys understand we're going to get to PA stuff, but this is also an important discussion because many of you guys, whether you want to do PA or you want to do your MD, it all doesn't matter if you don't have your mindset, right? If you don't have that belief in yourself that wherever I came from, I can be more than that. Whatever I face, however lonely I feel, it's okay to be alone. We've both experienced being alone. As we're saying right here, yeah. it is lonely. There are times yeah. you're like, man, I wish people would accept me. And you get it from both sides. You get it from, you know what I mean? You get it from the elitist, you know, people who don't look like you. And you also get it from people who look like you, which even, I felt like that for a while. That actually hurt me worse. Because I'm like, we're the same. Like, I'm about you. Why aren't you about me? Why do you got to call me white? Because I talk proper. Why do you got to make yeah. fun? Like, why is it bad for me to want more? And so this is an important issue. And everyone, I appreciate this comment in the box right now. Um, Ryan News says, thank you for sharing your story. Sally says, much respect. Sarah says, love this. Uh, Chester says, thank you so much. This is awesome. People, Kasim, thank you guys. Chester Charles, I appreciate you guys putting that out there because this is hard to do. We are live action right now. No <laughs> script. Just yeah. two guys talking it out for you guys to help you guys. Putting this together <laughs> right now. Like I said, I have my running headphones on right now. So take a second, comment, like this video, put your questions there because we will get to all of this stuff. Um, but uh, thank you again. I, I want to say for me, thank you uh, for being here with us. All right, guys, that is it for part one of this wonderful interview uh, with Omar Abdul Malik. We have almost two hours of content. Uh, he was gracious enough to come on and do this live spontaneously. And it's an incredible interview. So far, we've covered kind of the origins of his transition to into higher education. But we're going to get into what PA life is like, uh, PA admission tips, uh, his experience in day to day as a PA, what can PAs do versus doctors. So, so many questions answered. Make sure you guys tune in for the later parts of this series. And one of the questions that I get from students a lot about PA is how different is PA admissions from medical school admissions? It is different, but I want to let you guys know that my services can help you and my courses can help you. So I want you to get over to my website, studenttransformation.com, and check out my application course. Check out my How to Dominate Pre-Med course because most of the principles carry over, and I actually have lots of PA students pre-dental students who are trying to meet those requirements. And what I teach students is how to be excellent. So if you want to be excellent, that's what my website's about. So check that out, studenttransformation.com. And make sure you guys come back for parts two, three, and four of this amazing interview with uh, Omar Abdul Malik. Thank you guys very much. No excuses, just dominate. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses. No more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?